SuperiorSpiderTalk.com presents Ultimate Spin. What's up, Spider fans? Welcome to the 10th episode of The Ultimate Spin, the only podcast on the internet focusing on Miles Morales and now Gwendolyn Stacy. I'm Noor from Canada, and my co-hosts joining me are Brian from the United States and Kyle from the United Kingdom. Coming up, we've got the moment everyone's been dying for, Spider-Gwen number one, discussing our reactions and how Secret Wars will affect the book, followed by Kyle looking towards Gwen's future with some upcoming solicitations. Don't forget, you can find us and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher under The Ultimate Spin, and feel free to post a review on our show there. We'd love to have you join in on the conversation yourself as well. Visit us over at theultimatespinpodcast.com, where you can send in questions, follow along with show notes, and stream or download our earlier episodes. You can find us on Twitter at The Ultimate Spin, and look us up on Facebook at Ultimate Spin Podcast. Now that we've knocked that out, does Gwen Stacy live up to the hype she's built up since Edge of Spider-Verse number 2? Come and find out on the ultimate spin. So she's here, Spider-Gwen number one. Was it worth the wait? I've been stoked on this for the longest time. We all have. And to finally have it come out, I was, I was, first of all, I was bothering my family about this for a week. I was just like letting them all know, like, hey, it's out this week. Get ready. None of them read comics, by the way. But I do, so they had to know. I liked it. It did a really good job of just being an establishing base for the series. It like established a lot of new characters. And just in general, the book was just a good foundation. Yeah, this had a lot to live up to because the hype train was out of control on it ever mm-hmm. since that first issue, The Edge of Spider-Verse dropped. And then Married with Sea Monsters came out and did the song for the Mary Janes. They announced the book right on the heels of, of Silk. Is that right? Did Silk was Silk announced first, or did the... um, they were announced about the same time? It was during New York Comic Con, so it was the same weekend. Yeah, so it was just like getting to be a, a pretty big deal in the the build up to the release. It was Spider Gun was trending on Twitter. It was Wednesday when the book finally <laughs> came out. I liked how that first page just kind of took the highlights of the Edge of Spider Verse issue and told you everything you needed to know. It had Peter in there. It worked in that Matt Murdock was not a good guy somehow the kingpin is involved and that her dad is alive and knows her secret identity. So there, there's a lot to to cover and it sets it all up. And then uh, you get this opening scene with probably the world's most unfortunate opening sound effect. Oh, the piss. P- piss Swiss. <laughs> I have seen all the comics I've read. I have never seen a piss Swiss sound effect. <laughs> but it was, it was perfect. Yeah, it was, I did a double take. Like, what is that? Uh, and then I got it. But... <laughs> Um, But but it it was interesting to see the first character reference with Officer Ben Grimm kind of pop up. And then it seemed to me like the ultimate universe uh, in that it's kind of like spot the 616 reference and see how this character who you know and love is different here. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like an ultimate Mark II, which is cool, but it's also strange in a way because we know that's all supposedly ending in in the next couple of months. It makes me wonder how this is going to play out for the book. It is still a Marvel Universe title, and that's the whole point. In these alternate universes where it's still the same characters, so there's 
where, even though the Ultimate Universe is ending, there's this whole catalogue of Marvel heroes. This, if I had it my way, they'd also use like smaller ones that aren't as prominent in, say, the, the 616 or in the Ultimate Universe, but there are staples of... Let's not forget as well, she's in New York. That's where 90% of the Marvel Universe takes place anyway. So it's just a wealth of characters just to de- to dip into whenever they see fit. Officer Grimm tells them, you know, I'll show you what Yan- being from Yancey Street really means. And then it I didn't catch it at first, but the kids that are up on the billboard defacing it are from the Yancey Street gang. They've got the logo on the, the backs of their hoodies. Oh, yeah? Yeah, YSG. That's cool. It's little things like that. Do you guys like this Vulture costume? Like, it's a... It's pretty similar overall to like what we normally see Vulture as. Do you guys like how that looks? I liked it. It was more animal like, I guess, just the mm-hmm. way the uh, the feathers looked and you know the frill around the neck and even his face. So it was just really kind of severe and amped up, and I liked that. And then those claws, that mechanical claws that pop, uh, popped out uh, from his boots to to grab yeah. Grim, that was pretty cool. So I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I think just um, overall, this book has lots of bright colors, and like a lot of it's just neon. Like we talked about that a lot when we reviewed Edge of Spider Verse Two, and we talked about how Gwen's costume is really bright. I think if they continue to do this, I think they might have a theme with their villains where a lot of them just contrast the general kind of theme of the book. I mean, as you can see, the vault, like the uh, the first page that the Vulture appears on. He just like he's just right smack in the middle, just completely dark, surrounded with like this bright green smoke and the blue billboard, you know. So, I I think that they and I think the rhino was similar, and I, I hope they try to create a theme like that because I th- I think that'd be pretty cool just to have like a contrasting dark figure over in what's overall um, otherwise a bright book. The colors in this book are just as much of a star as as the artwork i mean it really just pops and and just grabs your attention it's 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 fantastic and then when you say that about the colors then the lettering is more i feel like it's more impactful in this series um all the little all the little thuds all the wumps it's all the exploding part just the way that um clayton calls has styled it for each one um just later on in the issue there is a beat down between the Frank Castle of this universe and just going down the corridor it's got the the thuds coming down and I mentioned it when we discussed the Edge of Spider-Verse 2. This just reminds me of the Scott Pilgrim film with all the different sound effects popping up at the screen and for the aesthetic that it's going to be and again like we've said before hopefully using elements of the music Mm -hmm. if She's she's still a member of the Mary Janes. Right. Would be a great thing to set this apart from the other Spider books in particular, let alone every other book Marvel and other stu- other companies have on the stands. Those sound effects are just the way they're, you're right, the, they're stylized, they're placed in the, the frame as part of the action. The, the shape they take follows the, I guess, the energy of the moment. Everything from Gwen throwing something or kicking the cash register to the the phone just starting to ring and just kind of grabbing your attention. It, it's just as much a uh, part of the part of the art. It's it's really essential. Which I've never gotten that feeling, you know, from looking at a, a comic book before, where the sound effects are are just that critical to the art. Yeah, because a lot of the time, it, I, th- I think it's just memory. Because they are a lot of. Th- them kind of go about the same way they are the typical booms and that and you're like 
Well, obviously, I've seen it a thousand times. And then this has put its own like little spin on it and makes it... It's kind of hard to not notice them. They don't just blend in. They pretty much scream at you every time you're going from panel to panel. Yeah, so story-wise, you know, Gwen is essentially transitioning back from the whole Spider-Verse event. And I, I can see why those those references at the beginning are necessary. And it's kind of good to just get them out of the way and get her back into her world and get to know that better. Mm. Uh, and she can hopefully be more of her own thing and stand apart from that. But it's interesting because she's saying, you know, where is the spider woman seems to be, that's the news uh, item she's reading on her phone. But then the vulture comes in and says, Oh, it's always about spider woman. So did they miss her or did they not? So it was a little bit of a disconnect. Well, did you give it a time frame on where that she has been gone for about three days? So I don't really know if it's, it didn't seem like it was newsworthy, but, yeah, you know that's just. Well, I suppose imagine Spider-Man's gone for three days, and then it's a bit odd when you see someone who's assuming she's been active for a good amount of time, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she's gone. It could then cause, oh, is she giving up? Is she, what is she doing now? Might cause a bit of mystery. Especially, let's not forget this is Jameson writing it anyway, so. He's just being a douche about it in his, in his own <laughs> lovingly, loving way. And then uh, you'd mentioned Frank Castle. We get to we get to see the Punisher in in this universe, who is powerhouse, really. If he's if he's taking out the Rhino with just his fist. Well, that's what they like always like to do is make the Punisher seem like a total badass. Yeah, but I mean, is he superpowered or just? No, he's just been hitting them gyms. Yeah, those <laughs> reps. Thud, thud, thud. So swole nation. Yeah, <laughs> definitely quite swole. <laughs> I, I think that's going to be an interesting turn for Frank Castle. I think it's going to be it's going to be nice to see him on the side of the law because in a lot of iterations of him, he's against it. Basically, not blowing people away with machine guns at the first <laughs> exactly at yeah. first glance, which you yeah. know might be a good idea to question first. That'll be the biggest difference. He'll start questioning people first. Right? You didn't see there was a whole big interrogation sequence before he started beating on him. <laughs> It was all calm and still. It was all calm. Like, let's talk about... He brought him to play good cop, bad cop. <laughs> just on his own. He's actually bipolar and he's, he's just going off on one. <laughs> <laughs> what I really liked what Jason Latour did here for Gwen um, is that sort of paralleling the, the earlier Spider-Man stories and certainly for Peter Parker, Gwen has to... It's good that Gwen has problems outside of being Spider-Woman and the big one is she's no longer part of her band. And mm-hmm. she's lost her, her group and her friends and trying to figure out that part of it. That's that's really weighing heavily on her mind. Just as the, the band seems to be taking off. And that's that's kind of an interesting aspect that I, I miss seeing in, in the Spider-Man books, kind of the everyday problems. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's good to see her kind of set up for that. Like, how's that going to play out? It goes back to how old she is. Because I think it was mentioned in Spider Verse that she's in the college now, whereas if you go to the old, go to the main six one six, this guy's nearly thirty years old. Mm-hmm. So I think Spider Man's more any Spider character is pretty much more interesting younger because that's what a lot of people state that their the ultimate version is their favorite pe- version of Peter Parker. That's where the movies are um, inspired from that time. And just and obviously, obviously it comes back from the sixties, but the Ultimate Universe modernized everything. So these are more modern problems that 
mm-hmm. these characters could be facing. And again, this is what the benefits of having characters actually created in the modern times instead of just saying, oh, they are, they've just been around for all this time, and but we've just translated it so that na- things affecting them now. So Gwen is basically trying to rebuild her rep as uh, as Spider-Woman because the whole city hates her for the death of Peter Parker. And so she tries to fight some crime and she's she's annoyed that her best villain that she comes up uh, against, who looks like the hamburger burglar from the McDonald's uh, commercial, the <laughs> Bodega Bandit. Too? Yeah, it's the Bodega Bandit. So she takes him out and, you know, managed to recover a whopping, uh, what is it, 78 cents? I am so yes. glad you noticed that too. Oh my God. I was, like, I was literally about to make a point of it. It, but I was like, I don't want to sound crazy. I don't want to sound like really <laughs> thought this a, guy. It's funny because it's such a small, it's a small time, small level crook, you know. But then she finds out she has the vulture coming after her. And so she takes it upon herself like, well, wait a minute. If I can track this guy down and take him out, boom, I can restore my reputation, you know, get get him over to the cops and people will trust me again. I get my life back. Such youthful innocence. Such youthful innocence. <laughs> she thinks Jameson will like her after she apprehends a criminal. Yes. So, such youthful innocence and vigor. <laughs> she finds the, the vulture's apartment as she's kind of going through his stuff. There's a funny, there's a Steve Ditko reference when she finds the Mr. Z comic. And Steve Ditko, after he had done Spider-Man, he had gone on to take some pretty interesting political views. And one of the comics he did was called Mr. A. I've never heard of that. Oh, yeah. It's 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 pretty interesting stuff. But we can put a link to it in our show notes. But when she sees that, she calls him out on it. And I guess it's a dig against uh, Ditko when she's kind of graffitiing the city, trying to get the vulture's attention. She says, and you read terrible comics. <laughs> I didn't notice that one actually. Yeah, and you so really just use YouTube. Just use YouTube. Go and mention things from um, comics past, like the all the references to the E is for only Ultimates. So just use you for any of any of these sort of notes that there's no way in hell that I'm going to recognize or have any clue right. what's going on. It's it's a nice catch if you can get it, but. Uh, I think it's also funny that she's also trying to rebuild her reputation while then uh, vandalizing the city of New York, with yeah. taunting the vulture. <laughs> oh, that's just youth. That's just being youthful and stupid and thinking in any sort of parallel universe, that was going to make people like you. Let me just this make a mess of the city. Yeah, look, which is... Which is great because that's also, you know, more insight into the kind of person she is. She's going to be very different from the Gwen Stacy we already new and so i i enjoy that you know trying to figure her out i love the way it it goes and you read terrible comics <laughs> and then <laughs> that that just made me laugh out of all of it forget the death from a book one just and you read terrible comics <laughs> it's interesting to see that like just that she's still like kind of the spirit of spider-man with the jokes and all that she's new at it relatively and so just figuring out She's got some lessons to learn learn along the way, and that just kind of overconfidence and arrogance proves to get the better of her in this cliffhanger, which is a perfect, perfect cliffhanger for this character when you think about it, that she's falling. It was always a matter of time before that happened. Yeah, they, I guess it's just getting it out of the way. It's like um, the Ultimate Universe where they did it with Mary Jane instead. Sure. But she survived, and then obviously the films have done it. Both series of films have done it. Like the obligatory, let's have some a character fall f- from a death. But we know it kind of references Gwen Stacy in some fashion. But this time we have an excuse to do it with Gwen Stacy, and she gets to live. Like yay! 
On top of that, I think it's just a staple of every vulture fight. I'm pretty sure every time somebody yeah. fights vulture yeah. for the first time, it's like, okay, get ready. You're gonna here's the game plan: web him up, wait till he takes you high, and then he cuts your web, and then you are baffled by it. <laughs> and that's that's about the that's about the beginning of every vulture fight before things start to change up. But for the most part. That's it. I'm glad you said that because, strangely enough, I found this cliffhanger to be surprisingly underwhelming. Like, oh, so what? Mm-hmm. Like, how is she not this going is, to get out of that? I, this she's is why you've seen it so many times that you know she's she's like, oh no, we're too high, and then I just say, oh, okay, now we're not too high, and I can grab a building, and that's going to be the end of the cliffhanger when the next issue comes out. So, I mean, overall, like, the, like first of all, I will be, I will bet someone, I will hand somebody a million dollars if if Gwen Stacy just dies right off the bat at the beginning of issue two. So, you know, you know like, I'm pretty sure we, we all know that she's going to web up a building. So, nah, she's going to die. Th- those solicitations were fake. The solicitations <laughs> were fake. They were just a decoy. They actually, Gwen actually dies in the first issue. And it's just a whole, the whole series has been a massive attempt at trolling the internet. <laughs> you wanted Spider Gwen? Well, you can't have her. Sorry. <laughs> It was interesting to see Randy Robertson pop up as a was he the rock and roll reporter? Yeah. And then between him and like Foggy Nelson, you, you get all these sort of name checks, and it was just making me think like if you're gonna like as I mentioned earlier, if you're gonna combine anything, everything, how is this gonna how is this book gonna work? Or if you're not, then you know why can't you leave Miles Miles's book alone? Yeah, I've been trying to figure this out since I finished the issue. Just like it, this is so close to Secret Wars that. How does it? How does it work? Is like, is Gwen's thing just going to be a like a ten like eight book series, maybe even less before Secret Wars starts, or is she going to be in the six one six now, which a lot of people are speculating? And then if she is, how does that work? Because like, you're not like the Mary Jane from six one six isn't going to go from supermodel to now the vocalist of a band. So, I mean, I don't think Marvel's going to push for that change, and I don't think any of the other characters are going to change that way either. It's going to be tough, because how do you establish a supporting cast for Gwen if there's no certainty that the supporting cast is going to stay? Secret Wars, everybody knows what's happening with Secret Wars, how the universes are colliding, and blah de blah But are they saying all the universes are supposed to be colliding? And by that, I mean, it's, she's not on Battleworld, is it? I'm pretty sure that reality has not been put on Battleworld, her Earth. So if so, she's not on Battle World, then it's not going to matter. So do you think wrong. that they're just going to leave her? Obviously, if they decide to do it down the line, oh, here's another Earth that we got smashing, then that's what they're going to do. But as far as I'm aware, and I'm sure somebody will take great pleasure in telling me that I was wrong. Never. She's n- no. <laughs> Whatever number Earth she is in hasn't been put in onto mm-hmm. Battle World. So then she's not going to be involved in it. Well, I mean, thus far, right? Because we've had new titles announced for Secret Wars every day um, with different parts of Battleworld from different universes, right? So, I mean, we can say thus far she's not on Battleworld, but you never know, right? Preferably, I'd like to keep her self-contained. And honestly, I would prefer they did the same for Miles, too. I can see why they want to take their biggest two universes and put them together. I mean, in the same way that Gwen is working really well right now in like a self-contained kind of she is the only person in this universe thus far in terms of like having a title. I think Miles should remain the same. I just agree. Because like again, it's just it's brought down to it's brought down to the fact of supporting cast because 
the character themselves will change when put into the into a new universe, but at the same time, just their surroundings are so much different, and that's going to be the biggest issue for me. It's the fact that if Gwen were in the 616, I mean, I know it's only her first issue, but we now lose the Mary Janes. We lose having Daredevil as a bad guy. We lose having Frank Castle as a good guy. And then if we have Miles in the Ultimate Universe, there's no guarantee about what happens to Gangi. What happens to his father? What happens to all these other relationships that he's built? Because, I mean, with Secret Wars going on, it's guaranteed people will die. You know, like, you can't just carry a whole character's book and throw them into their own little universe in it, like, when there's already a lot of stuff happening. So, I mean, Miles and Gwen can do it in their self-contained universes where there's not really many other people left, but the instant you just take them and put them in the 616, you only take their character. You don't take their settings, their supporting casts, their... Just their everything, their overall feel, which is, I think that's going to hurt the character for Miles and hopefully not for Gwen if she just stays in her own book. Let's not pretend, though, Miles is, is the center of the universe. The universe has been around for 15 years at this point. It's just the fact that at this point in, in the whole world building or whatever, he's the only thing that anybody really cares about in Gwen. As far as, as, far as this book has been established up until this point, there are no other heroes. Mm-hmm. I highly doubt that's the case anyway. But as of this, as of issue one in this series, there are no other heroes. There has been nothing has happened in the Ultimate Universe apart from Gwen Stacy. Miles exists in a world that's been around for fifteen years. Miles exists in a world that's had storylines, had events, had major characters' deaths, has had basically the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. has come over. A lot of characters, a lot of well-established characters have been had their version in the Ultimate Universe as as, as basically pretty much all Ultimate Universes work because there's a different spin on the character. Maybe there is Miguel O'Hara and whatever, but there's going to be a, a goblin. There's going to be a, um, a, a Dr. Octopus. It might not be a Harry Osborn, Norman Osborn, or Otto Octavius, but those things are still going to exist regardless of which universe it's going to inhabit. Because that's the whole point. It's supposed to be the main thing, but a little different. Yeah, it's a it's a drag, I guess, to ha- in some ways to kind of have the knowledge of the Secret War stuff hanging over your head because, you know, in some ways you just kind of want to relax and in- enjoy the book, but then you're also you're kind of wondering about its lifespan and how it's going to play out. And in the case of Miles, too, it would be nice just to get him away from events and just let him have some stories. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was you know, it's getting bigger than ever. The goblins back, Peter Parker is back and the, you know, it's just getting bigger, bigger. And now the whole universe is going to, we just got him through cataclysm. Just got him through event after event. Just relax. You know, can he just have a little space? And I'm, you're already wondering, or I'm already wondering that for Gwen, like, can she just have a little space to have some adventures or are they going to throw into this thing and mess it all up? <laughs> so I don't know. I guess we'll see. I'm enjoying it in the meantime, though. It's, I mean, it's, it's a pretty strong start for her. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, right, like right off the bat, it's just a good foundation. Like it's, it's something you can build a, a universe off of. So I'm excited to see what's going to come up in the future. So this first issue out of the gate, how do you rate it? I think this whole series benefits as this is basically a second number one issue. Apart from that last panel with um, Spider UK in it, doesn't really allude to like the multiple spiders. It's a good, solid introduction to Spider Gwen. And then mm. Latour has managed to bring it over. And it's pretty, it again mentions Spider-Verse happens. Again, nothing really 
contingent on you having read Spider-Verse and it gets mm-hmm. straight, pretty much continues where it left off. It's an enjoyable story. The artwork, beautiful. I don't really know if there's anything that I'd say that it did overtly negatively as a detriment. But at the same time, I think my expectations were at that point where this is the series that I wanted from when Spider-Verse, we, when the fans dubbed us Spider-Gwen, this was what I wanted. And so far, it's living up to it. How long the series lasts is whatever. But for the moment, I can enjoy what's in front of me and I give it a good 8.0. I think I'm going to go with a, an 8.5 out of 10. Overall, hitting the same points as Kyle, just it was exactly how I envisioned Spider-Gwen to be. Uh, one other point about the art, just the fact that just the style in it is so much different than I, I mean for me this looks like the kind of style of all new ultimates done right like this is the kind of art i wouldn't mind of like seeing in all new ultimates kind of like a less like dramatic art like we see in miles but like this one's just a more down to earth and like, you can even tell in the background shots of new york we talk about how detailed it is in miles and like here it's not as detailed but it still just looks great and it contributes to the overall feel of the book and i think it's just it's the art the story the writing all of it just comes together really well and it's just it's different and it's unique and it's it's not something i've read before which is i think the reason we all wanted to pick up on spider gwen in the first place is just the fact that it was something totally new and crazy and that's why it's like it's loved so much so and that's why i like it so much so 8.5 i'm gonna go a little bit lower but it's not not a bad thing at all. I would actually give this a 7.5. The mm-hmm. art and the coloring, and as you were pointing out to uh, uh, Kyle Clayton Coles' lettering, that that just delivered. That was everything I wanted to see. Like, you, you know, same as you guys. It's just so much energy and fun. It was just a fun book to look at. I really like the style, the character designs, you know, with kind of the just the way the faces are done, kind of like the sort of the higher foreheads and just the colors, like every frame looks like a still from an animated version of this. Like it could have been an animated episode that they took stills and turned it into the comic book. And I think the sound effects go a long way to kind of helping you envision it in that style. I think story-wise, Jason Latour had a lot to do in terms of getting everything established or reestablished because, like you said, Kyle, this is another issue number one. And so kind of getting the Spider-Verse stuff out of the way, establishing Gwen as having some problems as Spider-Gwen and then in her personal life. Story-wise, it's just, you know, there's some intriguing things happening, like with Frank Castle coming up, beating on the rhino and what's going on with Captain Stacy trying to reach his daughter, knowing what he knows and trying to help her, even though his police force is after her. But the stuff with the vulture, while he looked great and it was interesting to see him so far it's playing out as a pretty standard spider story you know right down as we were saying earlier the cliffhanger it it is what it is it wasn't particularly exciting it was still fun the whole book was fun the attitude of the book was fun but it just didn't i don't think it blew me away in the way that i was hoping for i guess maybe i got caught up in the the hype as well but i enjoyed it so much and i can't wait to read it the next one it had a few weak spots that i think were almost inevitable like you have to kind of do this so hopefully you can only go up from there so i would give that seven and a half and looking forward to more
It's that time once again for solicitations. Dun, dun, dun. What do you got? Well, Spider Gwen gets her debut on my solicitation segment. So, congratulations to Spider Gwen on that prestigious honor. So, next issue Spider Gwen number two, the same creative team of Latour and Rodriguez. Who is the vulture? Spider Gwen finds herself between a rock this vulture and a hard place the entire nypd Boom. don't miss the second issue of the spider character who set the world on fire spider gwen three did you know there's a third issue oh man oh it's like this it's like, it's like a full-blown series get out <laughs> with police lieutenant frank castle believe it or not someone to be messed with can you believe that no utterly shocking and his new assignment well, he's only going to have to go after Spider-Gwen. Uh-oh. So, is he going to go mental and start trying to blow her away? Go all uh, that ish- that famous cover of him trying to shoot Spider-Man and just do it again. But this time he's dressed as the NYPD. That'd be fun. Let's go real life. I think you're, I, I don't know. When you say get Spider-Gwen, I think it's more like, I just don't get her. Like trying to understand Spider-Gwen. Like the sensitive Frank Castle, I think, is what we're going with. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a very different take. Yes, we need to just figure her out. He just wants to talk. Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. He's just there with a cup of tea. One thing, sitting there alone in Starbucks. Maybe a cup of coffee yeah. in Starbucks. Just talking it all out, talking about feelings. I'm listening. <laughs> and Spider Gwen 4, where the conversation will probably continue. And learn what really happened the day that Peter Parker died. A flashback. Because <gasps> that's what we need, flashbacks. That's <laughs> my favorite part of every story. That's what I love about Arrow. It's even in Series 3, <laughs> flashbacks. It's and Gwen building. comes face to face with Ben and May Parker. That's huge. Yeah, because, get this, Ben Parker gets to be alive in this universe. Should appreciate if there's only pretty much two of them left. Too bad. <laughs> there's a real crisis. There's not enough Ben. There's crisis on infinite marvels, and there's only two Bens. Two Bens. Uncle Bens. So yeah, that's what we have to look forward to in the future of Spider Gwen up until issue four, and hopefully for many, many, many more issues, nice. will I be able to do this ridiculous segment where I sarcastically <laughs> read all your favorite comic books that happen to be spider related. It's my favorite part of the show. Oh, yeah. Hey. And that's, I think that's what the millions, this is what the rocks feel like. The millions and millions that tune in just for that segment. Feel oh, the power. So, <laughs> okay. That, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no end for this. <laughs> and bring up the music. So, Spider fans, what did you think of Gwen's debut? Drop us a line at feedback at ultimatespinpodcast.com or at our Facebook page at Ultimate Spin Podcast, and we'll share your notes on upcoming episodes. Ultimate Spin is proud to be a part of superiorspidertalk.com, which frequently posts new articles and reviews on all things Spidey, including my own in-depth write-ups on the Miles Morales series. It's also home to the amazing Spider Talk podcast, which is a great conversation on, you guessed it, the amazing Spider-Man. We'll be back soon with more Miles, more Gwen, and if all goes well, something very special. We'll catch you then for the ultimate spin.